0: Hello, everybody. Welcome aboard. This is the Must Read Alaska show, the Friday edition. I'm your host, James Baisden, coming to you from the beautiful Kenai Peninsula, a place where I call home. If you're watching the video today, um, you may notice that uh, I don't have eyeglasses on. So I, I missed, the, missed the show last week because I went up to Anchorage to have some eye surgery. I had cataracts removed and new lenses put in. So it looks like I'm seeing everything in high definition. I don't know if it'll make this podcast any better, but uh, it's definitely changed my life. So we have a great show lined up for you today. A lot of topics to talk about, a lot of politics going on at the federal and state level. So I think you're gonna enjoy some of the discussions that we have coming to you from our virtual studios. I don't have a guest today, so I'm just gonna be highlighting a lot of the the news articles that Suzanne Downing has worked on over the week uh, to catch you up on. Uh, If you haven't had a chance, uh, we have some great podcasts out here, out there that her and John Quick worked on this week. Please download those. Go to the website Must Read Alaska if you get a chance. Please donate; that's what keeps this all going. And we do have a great sponsor. We want to thank our sponsor uh, for this podcast, and that is uh, Charlie Pierce for Governor. Um, great, uh, great show participant as well, and we thank him for his support. And again, Charlie Pierce for Governor is the is the support that we have for for this week for the podcast. Um, if you get a chance, please please visit our website also. So hang on. Let's get the news rolling and uh, pick this thing up. So my first topic today is going to be the the Elon Musk and Twitter story, where Elon Musk basically has been probably one of the biggest advocates for online free speech. And you know what? He's... He's very much uh, a libertarian. So I don't think he's Republican or Democrat, but he took uh, to Twitter. He's got over 80 million followers and him just recently purchasing uh, just about 9% of the company, you know, roughly $3 billion worth of shares. I think that uh, now that he's going to be sitting on the board of Twitter, hopefully we'll see some changes take place there and maybe influence some changes some of the other social media sites um we all know what what we've seen out there when it comes to the fact checkers and how the fact checkers have become become political um dylan in this the last two years of COVID and what used to be misinformation and how if you were on social media you mentioned a specific word it would get taken down um as not being true or fact and and a lot of those things that they took down is probably fact today so I'm hoping that um, Elon Musk has a has a big influence on what needs to take place. I mean, you think about any situation to where on social media, you could ban a sitting president of the United States, um, President Trump, who was suspended from Twitter and Facebook, whenever those have become the de facto way that we all communicate, one of the ways that Must Read Alaska communicates to to its 27,000 plus subscribers is through all the different social media outlets. Uh, you'll see Twitter and Facebook used quite a bit, as well as all the, all the podcasts. And all those podcasts typically are going to be on a cloud platform, such as Amazon's cloud platform, and they all control those spaces. And that's why you've seen social media splinter. And I think the internet, you're going to see things change to where now you've got You've got President Trump, who, who now has Truth Social, you've got Gitter, you've got Twitter, you've got uh, all, different, all different places that, that people are going to because the politics of it. And I'm hoping that Elon Musk has enough sway. And of course, he has the money. He's, he, if he's not the richest, he is one of the richest people in the, in, the, in the world. And I think that him purchasing this many shares is basically putting Twitter on notice. You know, we'll put other social media uh, outlets on notice that um, we need to take a look at. Of course, the government the government should have done something a, a long time ago when it comes to to silencing free speech on these on these on these outlets. You know, they've used the excuse that uh, you know the, they're private companies, but those private companies have become so so big, they're going to have to be looked at. And uh, I um I myself have. I was off Twitter. I, I took my account off Twitter whenever they, uh, whenever they 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 deleted the president's account. I just uh, this week reestablished my Twitter account so I could basically follow what uh, what was taking place and how crazy all the employees um, that work there. How how you look at some of their tweets and what's going on. Uh, just just with what took place this week, you can tell that uh, I guess we use a phrase that they have really woken up. Um, it's a uh, it's going to be fun to watch because they they see change coming, and I don't think he spent three billion dollars to be a passive investor. I think he is absolutely um, going to get in, in there and get involved. I mean, they've already appointed him to the board, of course, because he is the largest shareholder. So um, if you have not been watching the story, I think it's it's going to be fun to watch, and I look forward to it. Um, I hate I hate social media. What it's got to it's uh, it's it's so. It's so crazy what it's done to this world. Um, I don't think we're ever going to be able to get back to where we were. So that's why I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on, on what gets put out there. Look, there's things that I don't like to hear and I don't like to see, but it should be out there. It shouldn't be up to me or the people that agree with me to get rid of it. And I'm not, I'm not talking about things that are criminal and things that are that are hateful that um, where we want to hurt people. But there's actually really good dialogue that we need to hear both sides of the argument, not just one sided. And that's kind of where it's went. And a lot of us know that. So looking forward to it. Uh, hang on and let's see where Twitter ends up at. It's Gonna be interesting to, to actually see where they end this thing at. Well, let's talk about the supreme court and the politics that took place within our own state with the with the confirmation of judge Katinja brown jackson uh, our two senators split on the confirmation of course as everyone would have bet um, senator mckowski uh, w- joined three other republicans uh the mitt romney and suzanne collins uh, Suzanne Collins of Maine and Mitt Romney of Utah, Murkowski typically will join those three uh, when it comes to these type of votes. It really wouldn't probably have mattered because they had the votes for this. But, uh, you know, it's funny to me because I think uh, in this time of election, um, you know, if if Murkowski probably wouldn't have voted uh, for this confirmation, you know, would it have helped her in her election uh, here in in Alaska come November? not sure i don't think she's worried about it and this vote shows she, that she's not worried about the what alaskans think but i think the majority of alaskans would have disagreed after watching the the confirmation hearings of uh, judge jackson you know a lot of a lot of tension was drawn of course to the leniency that uh, judge jackson provided in cases uh, involving child pornography i think that was a, a big issue and of course uh, whenever she was addressing uh, what's the definition of a woman? And of course, it kind of shows, again, the politics and the wokeness of, of where we're at, even on, the, um, even on the Supreme Court. And of course, they're going to say the same thing about the right. And I guess the good thing for Alaskans is that um, uh, the court is still leans more right than it does left. But uh, the whole purpose of this was t- to get uh, Judge Breyer, who um, I think was forced really to retire more than one and two this year, So that would give um, President Biden a chance to nominate somebody who could be there for the next 20 or 30 years, which is what they've got. So I guess um, if you're a left-leaning person, congratulations, you've got your pick. Um, I'm sure that it will come back to haunt Alaska over time. Um, Again, having, having more people who, who don't think the way that we do up here. I think we're a lot of us are centered and more right centered than anything. And, uh, I don't see how Judge Jackson is going to help the state of Alaska when it comes to some of the legal issues that we're dealing with. Um, so, uh, Senator Sullivan, S- Senator Sullivan, thank you for for standing up for your side, and you put out some good comments of why you did not support uh, Judge Jackson. But at the end of the day, you still congrat- congratulated Judge Jackson on on her achievement, and I think that was uh, correct. And, for uh, Senator Mikowski, um, I guess since seeing how you are up for election this year, we'll have to see how this plays out, and I'm sure it will be uh, one of the one of the items on the list that uh, will be brought up by your competitors. So I have a weekly segment that I like to call "Mandate Freedom," to where we get in looking at any new or updated mask mandate or vaccine mandates. Uh, whether it's here in the state of Alaska or uh, throughout the country. The first thing that I, that I saw from uh, the New York Daily News was was interesting, it just come out, um, was the second COVID booster shot extends protection for just a few weeks, the study shows. So there was a, a study that included 1.25 million people, age 60 and over, uh, and this was in Israel, that showed that the fourth dose that was given as a booster just provided uh, about eight weeks of coverage for uh, for what they're saying is protection. Uh, four to seven weeks, I should say. So again, uh, um, I'm not I'm not an anti-vaccine person, but I sure like to see uh, more data putting out here. And how long um, how long are we going to continue to give boosters for this thing? I mean, if we're giving the boosters every six, you know, every three months and you're getting another six or eight weeks, it seems like to me, it's, um, it's going to be difficult to, uh, to convince people to, to continue to do this. And one of the stats talks about here in the United States, the population, uh, only about 30% of the U S population or about 98 million people have received a third dose, according to the center from the disease control data. So they're going to have a hard time convincing people to take these boosters if they're not seeing much better, um, uh, protection than, than th- what this study showed. And then, uh, dealing with mask, of course, um, airlines have asked, um, for the mask mandate to end. There's 21 States challenging the requirement. Um, one of those States of course, does include Alaska. Uh, there was an open letter that, uh, the airlines um, put out with all the CEOs, um, specifically the top seven U.S. airlines, sent an open letter to the president asking him to lift the, the mask mandate. Um, it, is, it is supposed to expire on April 18th. Um, somebody in the White House besides the president is going to have to make that decision. Um, if you've seen any of the of the videos recently of President Biden, um, wow, um, it, uh, um, he looks... He looks in tough shape right now when it comes to his cognitive ability. And uh, I know that I'm a partisan person, but when I watch those videos and I see him interact in public, it does not look good. Um, it's, it's very difficult to watch uh, some of the things that take place. So I hope somebody in the White House will look at this. They, they know that this is no longer a big deal. You can go to all, all the open events now that take place. You see thousands and thousands of people at sporting events without masks, inside sporting events and um, the masking. Uh, we now know what the science is with masking and anybody who wants to wear it, by all means wear it. It just should not be mandated by state or federal governments. So I hope that we see some changes and I'll keep on updating this segment of Mandate Freedom because um, I, I, this needs to end. Hopefully this will go away at some point and uh, it continues to bug me as much as it does everybody. Well, of course we have to finish the week off talking about the the special election on June 11th to fill the vacant congress seat that was left with the with the passing of congressman Don Young and now that we know that we have 48 candidates yes that's right 48 candidates to fill the seat all over the place and of course at the last minute Sarah Palin got into it which is going to make it interesting if you remember the June 11th election, you get to pick one. And one of those candidates then will end up being the top four that we will vote for in August uh, in the general election. And that's for the special election to just temporarily fill the seat left vacant. So I guess like every other pundit uh, out there, I should probably go on record on who I think uh, the top four is going to be. And it's not that I, that I'm supporting any of the top four, but this is probably the way I think it's going to play out because there is going to be a lot of money spent. There's going to be going to be based on name recognition on, on whether you can be successful when it comes to to getting out there. And right off the, the bat, Sarah Palin has name recognition and she will have funding. Uh, she will be in the top four, I think, and she is a Republican. Nick Baggage has done a a, a, a good job statewide to to get out and campaign, I think that he will be one of the top four candidates. Al Gross, who ran for uh, Senate the last time, um, he is also going to um, be in the top three. He has, uh, he is the Democrat who has a lot of funding uh, that he can use and name recognition also. So I think that he gets in the top four. And then the fourth candidate is the one that I've got two or three, that I'm going to throw out there that I think probably have a chance of being the fourth. And that's gonna be Josh Revac, uh, Mr. Coghill, and of course, Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a socialist Democrat, communist who recognizes that um, as his uh, political party. And uh, everybody loves Santa Claus. And I think there's gonna be a lot of Alaskans because of the name recognition will vote for Santa Claus. And I like to think that that's a joke, but it is true um so of those three between revac and Coghill and santa claus i'm going to go out on a bet and put santa claus as my fourth pick so i'm going to have sarah palin nick baggage al gross and santa claus on this date in april that is who i'm picking that will make it into the final four whenever we go to the ballot in august going to be crazy times to watch i'm going to enjoy this election i think it's going to be interesting um it's going to be serious so The the sad part about it is that Alaskans, we only have one Congress person. So so with the passing of Don Young, we have nobody representing us in Washington DC uh, in the Congress. so um, I wish we had a different system. I'm not going to say that I'm confident in the mail-in balloting system that the state is going to be utilizing. Um, They are going to try to make some changes to it. For example, you're gonna have to have an additional signature on there that shows that you are the one who voted whenever you send in your mail-in ballot but those signatures are not going to have to be confirmed in any way. So that worries me. Um, and of course, sending ballots out to everybody, even if you don't want to vote or maybe you have moved or you're no longer at your address, that concerns me. So just like what we're seeing in the Anchorage election right now with the mail-in balloting and how, how it's taking place and you see, you see what happens with the ballots and how many are going to be disqualified, um, we're going to see the same thing at the state level. But um, this is going to be something to watch, and I think at the national level, a lot of people are going to be watching how we fill this seat. So let's hang on and uh, prepare for it. It's coming. So in this segment, I, I'm looking at one of the issues that I've talked about over the last few podcasts, and that's the Second Amendment and our right to keep a bare arms, specifically when it comes to carrying concealed. So here in Alaska, we do not have to have a concealed carry permit to carry to protect ourselves or our family. Um, just recently, about a month ago, Ohio did the same. They passed, they passed a law that was signed by the governor that Ohioans never do not have to go out and, and ask the government to carry concealed. And it looks like Florida is about ready to do the same. Florida is going to come the. it looks like, may become the 25th state to allow permitless gun carry, uh, which I think is fantastic. So it looks like Governor Ron DeSantis, um, he's going to introduce this uh, in the next special session to see if he can get it passed to where Florida gun owners do not have to ask permission from the state to carry concealed because the U.S. Constitution, the second amendment basically allows us to be able to carry to protect ourselves. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to watching how this unfolds in the state of Florida. I would expect that this should pass. It's common sense. Um, you should not have to go and take, take um, special classes and then permits and have to go through a bunch of, um, you know, waiting periods to, to be able to carry concealed to protect yourself. And I applaud the state of Florida for doing this. And I hope the governor can get this through the uh, legislature down there. It's gonna be a, a great win for the Floridians and that state. So I guess looking at um, politics in the big city of Anchorage, um, the biggest city that we have here population wise in the state. And it looks like with the the recent election that took place, not a lot of changes at the assembly and school board, which is surprising when you think about what took place here over the last two years, when it comes to the liberal assembly, pretty much closing down the city for long stretches of time when it comes to the, uh, to the COVID and max vaccine issues that took place. And when you look at the school board and how they decimated the education uh, that the children were receiving in Anchorage and how long they kept the schools closed and stayed at distance learning and kept the kids in mass just until recently, so for almost two solid years. And you'd have thought if Anchorage was going to flip, this is what was going to flip it. And you know what? Didn't happen. Uh, very surprising that it didn't happen. Um, it looks like um, the assembly basically is still going to hold its liberal ma- majority. And there's not going to, we, the assembly may pick up one conservative, which would give them three, which is still not enough to, to help the mayor. If, if he vetoes anything that the assembly, assembly does, they're still going to have the votes to override him. And then when you look at the school district, it looks like the, the same liberal number of school district members are going to be there. And all they're doing is to continue to, I think, hurt the school district. I know we we're going to have a, a new school superintendent come into Anchorage here in the near future. Um, I could probably guess on which one of the three they're going to pick, but I'll, I won't i will do that uh, at this time. But uh, it doesn't look like a whole lot of help coming to to change things or at least keep things in balance to where uh, the argument can be heard on both sides. So it's going to be pretty heaven, heavenly, heavenly heavenly handed to the the left side of the political spectrum uh, and of course you always look at the bond packages that anchorage packs ta- taxes on to the to the homeowners there in in the city uh, your mill rates getting ready to increase quite a bit because it looks like probably most of the uh most of the bond packages will pass by the time the votes get counted so uh, i feel sorry for the uh for the voters and taxpayers in, uh, in the city of Anchorage. That's why a lot of us don't live there. We want to stay outside. And that's why we live in, in the Kenai, the Matsu and Fairbanks is because we don't, uh, uh, we don't subscribe to the same political, um, leanings that, uh, most in Anchorage does Anchorage basically has turned into, uh, what, uh, looks like Seattle to me when it comes to politics and not a, not a good place for us to be for those of us who, who love Alaska and, And I want to see uh, things get better, not worse. Hey, I want to take this uh, last moment to thank everybody for watching the Must Read Alaska podcast. Uh, Again, if you get a chance, please join us on the website at mustreadalaska.com. Donate if you can. That's what helps us keep the mainstream media on their toes, specifically here in Alaska. You're not gonna find uh, another outlet that's doing what we're doing or close to it. So we, uh, we appreciate your support. Um, f- you can find us on all the different social medias and all the different podcasts that push out, whether it's on Google or, or Apple, please look for us and um, get ready to join uh, John Quick and Suzanne Downing again next week. they will start the week off with a podcast. And finally, we wanna thank our sponsor again, and that is Charlie Pierce for Governor. Thank you for your sponsorship. Everybody, I hope that you have a wonderful weekend here in Alaska. Enjoy the spring weather. It's coming quickly. The days are getting longer and the sun is getting brighter.